Let's get it on the air. It's all gone, Sarah. What will you do? Rebuild. What else can I do? This is my home, where I belong. These kids are my family. There's a place here for you as well, Scott, if you want it. Part of me does, Sarah. But helping you and the children made me realize that there's another place where I belong. All right, let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Gospel X, the Gospel according to the X-Men. Uh, this is Jonathan here and my friend Henry. And uh, we try, I don't know whether it was your side or my side, but just heard a loud yell. Oh, well. <laughs> it's on my side. You got some kids uh, enjoying their last day of summer. Right. And then, um, so both of us are filming in our kitchens probably, and that's hence that you hear all these background noises. But that's okay. Uh, so Henry and I are going now embarking on uh, the title, No Mutant is an Island. Yeah, we're going to dispense with the season three episode numbers since they're, this is technically a season five episode. Yeah. And so we're going to try to go more uh, as it is written, I guess, according to the chronological order that's uh, written. And so let's begin. So Henry, if you could give us a snapshot and uh, the highlight of what we're going to talk about, that'll be great. Let's start it off. Okay. So chronologically, this episode starts right after um Jean Grey supposedly dies you know they're mm -hmm. having a funeral for her yep everyone's sad <clears throat> Cyclops says he can't do this anymore he can't he he just doesn't care anymore he doesn't care right responsibility he doesn't care about leading he doesn't care about the X-Men he doesn't care about the world because he can't protect the people that is the person that was most important to him so he takes his uniform, throws it at Professor X. He's like, I'm out of here. See you guys. Have a nice life. Yeah. yeah. Go, got nowhere to go, right? So he goes, where does he go back to? He goes back to the only other place that was home to him, his orphanage mm -hmm. that he grew up at, where he figured out and realized his mutant powers started manifesting there. He meets his old childhood friend, Sarah. And... Through the episode, we see um, they're, they're, they, they kind of get a little bit closer. You know, she's just lost her husband. It's like Jean, yeah. you know, they, they kind of seem like they're getting a lot closer together. Yeah. A guy named Kilgrave shows up. Some bad stuff happens. You know, he tries to kidnap some ki kids and compel them to go and, and uh, work out his nefarious plan. Right, right. Okay, and then we're gonna jump from Cyclops not caring about not him, about saving anybody. He doesn't want that responsibility anymore. To jumping right back into saving the kids, stopping Kilgrave, protecting Sarah, and basically going back to doing Cyclops things, even though at the very beginning he said, I'm not doing this anymore. Right, right. Okay, so this scene that we, we use today is one of the kids is trapped in the burning house and Sarah tries to run in after him, mm -hmm. the kid. <clears throat> Cyclops goes and screams, like, not again. And he's basically goes and said, I'm not losing anybody else. 
and goes and does a Cyclops thing, goes and save everybody. <laughs> Why would he have such a change in heart so quickly? What, about, what is it about his personality that made it so that at the very beginning, I don't care, I'm not saving anybody anymore, that's not who I am, to right away, he's saving people again. Yeah, that's interesting how he changed it from one to another, right? Um, so what do you think? I think we had a discussion about what, is, what does it mean to have a calling? Yeah, that, what, what is that, a calling? You know that that that's a that's an elusive word, and yeah. uh, a lot a lot of people have used it and thrown it around, especially in business books as well. And uh, you know what's interesting is that um, calling. What I've come to realize and what I've read and concluded is calling is an intersection between uh, your purpose, your overall vision of what you want to see in the world, how you want to see in the world, see like how do you want to see this world to be the intersection of that with your talents and capacities and whatever your experiences are. So it goes like this. So your calling is right where it intersects. So vision, passion, purpose, you know, it's all in the similar trajectory anyway. And then the intersection of that with uh, your talents, capacities, experience, history, whatever you have, it's the intersection of that and that's the calling. And uh, you know, you could throw around like a bunch of other things, but that's the most simplest definition of calling. Uh, yet the most complicated thing is, is to figure out, uh, okay, what is your vision, right? And, uh, and purpose, because you definitely kind of know what your talents are and your capacities and such, right? Let's talk about uh, regarding Cyclops. Okay, so Cyclops, for example, exhibit A, Cyclops, right? Um, so what do you think his talents are? I think it's uh, leadership. Uh, leadership, he's gifted in leadership. He's gifted in uh, the mother hen type of <laughs> like a persona where he wants to protect, you know, he wants to protect uh, uh, people, protect his uh, humanity, right? Combat ability, you know, he's- Combat he's ability, yeah. Like, uh, well, you know, his talent is his probably his mutant ability as well powers right plasma ray that shoots out of his eyes right um and also probably um out of all the x-men characters he's probably the most uh civilized i guess you could say like he's the most gentlemanly like and uh, most hospitable um like the soft stuff that like the soft skills that he has and his purpose and so then his passion and purpose is pretty much aligned with xavier's i think right i agree is that of all the X-Men, you, you see that Cyclops has the vision mo most in line with what Xavier um, believes in. He's basically right. his, his disciple, basically. Right, he's like, like, uh, like Wolverine one time said that he's like a Boy Scout, right? Like uh, he accused, like, well not accused, I guess he described uh, Cyclops as a Boy Scout, right? And uh, especially during, well, we haven't gone into it, but especially when, you know, Wolverine made a comparison between uh, Bobby, the uh, Iceman versus <laughs> Cyclops, right? But we didn't go to that episode yet and we're not there yet. But, you know, like Wolverine just said, you know, oh, schoolboy here, right? Like a uh, student's pet, student, teacher's pet type of thing, because he's so, Cyclops is so aligned, his passions, his purpose, 
his vision of the world is so aligned with Xavier's, right? And so when it intersects, we know that his calling, his true calling was actually, is actually to lead. Yet it's interesting how we find him trying to deny it, deny the calling. Like, um, and so why would he? So you want to chime in on that? Why would Cyclops deny his calling in the beginning? I think one, it has to do with, um, it, because he didn't lose his talents at the very beginning. What did it, what did it, what was it that was shaken? It was his, uh, his purpose. It was his purpose. And if we break it down a little bit, you know, we could say that his purpose is to make a world a better place, you know, to that humans and mutants can live and coexist together. Yeah. But on a more basic level, Cyclops wants to protect those that are important to him. And he wants to go and protect his family. And he wants to go and make sure that they live in a world that accepts them. That's the most basic level. And what happened in the previous episode, Jean, he couldn't protect her. He couldn't yeah. protect Jean. And that shook him. That shook his purpose. If he's not able to go and protect those closest to him, the person that was closest to him, what business does he have in protecting anybody else? Right. And it's interesting how, you know, when they were, uh, when he and Xavier were arguing, Xavier actually wanted him to see past that and that it's like the greater goal not just gene not just the x-men but the greater goal the greater vision the more uh, you could say less less correlated with personal relationships like uh, i think xavier has a broader and a bigger vision of that purpose and it, and cyclops fell into that well, it's kind of sounds negative, but it's really not negative. So fell into that trap of focusing on just, you know, his own circle and most, mostly Jean Grey, right? And so when he uh, mistaken his uh, purpose with his relationships or with that and then try to correlate it and conflate the two, that's when his purpose, like you said, was shaken. Like his talents and capacities were still there, but it's just that his purpose was shaken because of it. Yeah, and then later on, we see exactly what you were just talking about, how, you know, Xavier wanted him to expand it more than from his inner circle. That's yeah. exactly what happened later on in the episode when he... When he encounters Kilgrave. When he encounters Kilgrave, and he has to go and protect um, the kids and Sarah. It is, it is a part of his, you know, his childhood friend and all that, but why does he have to go and protect the kids? Because that's his purpose. Yeah, he didn't actually want to initially. Right? No, he didn't. He, he wanted just to just uh, move on, right? Yeah. He was just passing by, right? Yet, uh, I guess in, during that whole episode, it just showed that uh, it taught him that this whole vision that Xavier has is beyond him, beyond Xavier, beyond everyone. It's like, uh, it's something that is continually greater than they, and that he, and he realized that he just lost sight of it. And that's why his yeah. calling got shaken. Final point. Final is point. It, if, is it possible to run away from your calling? You know, just like Cyclops, it is possible. It, uh, because uh, like you said, your purpose and passion or your vision can be shaken if it becomes minute. If we continue to, uh, if we focus on ourselves and mistaken our vision and our purpose just to within ourselves or within our circle, then our calling gets 
distorted. It falls apart because it's so temporal, right? Um, people die, <laughs> come and go, right? Come and go. People come and go. Uh, my tomato plant, let's say my tomato plant, my whole vision was like, like, like due to the tomato, tomato plants, like success. Well, there goes my vision because it's dead, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, like, but then, so where's my calling? So something has to be more eternal, right? That vision has to be eternal, something more metaphysical, something beyond us. And I think in the Christian sense, we do have that. Right? We have that higher vision, and that is to see the kingdom of God come here and the world renewed and come restored. That's what our vision is. And that's pretty consistent and eternal beyond us. So our That is the opposite of minuscule. That's the opposite of minuscule. Opposite of minuscule. Completely opposite. It's more cosmic, right? Yes. Than it is. All right. Anything else that you want to add? No, I think we're good. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us with another episode of Gospel X, the Gospel According to X-Men, where we took a look at some nostalgic videos of the 1990s X-Men animated series and see how we could incorporate Christian values from the gospel into these. And uh, this is my uh, friend here, Henry, and myself, Jonathan. We're just so thankful that you can join us today. Till next time, have a blessed week.